Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. James Harden. Uh, so I don't know. Do you want to go first on Harden? I I have my opinion of his play, but but what do you think uh, from from Harden? No, I think he was really good. I, I won't go as far as a lot of people did yesterday just because the finishing inside the arc was so bad. I think there were some plays that Brooklyn just made good defensive plays. Like Dayron mm-hmm. Sharp had a really good uh, chase down block on him in the half court that that's when you just tip your cap to the defender and say that's a great play. You know, otherwise the finishing was bad and he acknowledged that after the game. But look, I think you also see some of the ramifications of doubling Embiid in Harden's game yesterday, right? Like he's a guy that against a a set, like just everybody plays their man-to-man defense. He'll pick you apart as a passer. If you're going to double Joel and use Harden's guy to double him pretty often, giving James the space to operate as both a shooter and a playmaker is really, really dangerous. And, uh, you know, Doc referred to him as like a catcher in baseball on Saturday. He said he essentially called a perfect game. And so I do think the decision-making was awesome. Like, I don't care as much about the pull-up shooting. Like, that's going to come and go. Those are difficult shots. But to see him at least confident in himself and his body, he obviously is feeling good. That was really important. And the number one thing to me, you know, people get wrapped up in the who the backup center is during these minutes and what the plus-minus is for them. But James and that second unit, being able yeah. to succeed and outright win minutes. That is maybe that's at least a top three to five story for the team in the playoffs. Cause we've seen like, even when Joel has been poor on offense, they've won his minutes in the playoffs and they almost always lose because the second he hits the bench, it's a total disaster. And I think the biggest difference between early in the year bench minutes and late in the year bench minutes is not that Paul Reed is playing it's that James Harden is the guy leading that group. And he said yesterday after the game, I asked him about this, like what the difference is. He's had input on like who's going to be on the floor, who's around him, what they need in order to succeed in those minutes. And so I think Doc has sort of made him a partner in setting up that group. Yeah, And clearly you can see that he's comfortable within that group now. Like they all have their roles. They have enough shooting between you know, Melton, McDaniels, and Niang. They have enough defense between Reed, McDaniels, and Melton. Like, they they kind of play off each other in nice ways. Now, Niang, I think, is going to be a sore spot moving forward. But if Harden can be that guy and lead them in successful minutes without Joel on the floor, I think we would both agree. Like, Joel and James together, they're winning those minutes. Like, they've won 100%. those minutes from, from the moment they made that trade, even when these guys had – you know, no chemistry or no immediate chemistry to speak of. So if they can at least draw even in those minutes, like that makes this team a potential title team, period. So I thought what happened with Harden yesterday is something you see like in a lot of sports media. Um, And I'll use myself as an example. Like, let's say going into an Eagles game or whatever, like all week I've thought, man, they're like, like Hertz is going to struggle against to pass the ball against this defense. And because I think that going into the game, the bar for me to like accept that he's looking good is higher. Right. So I think with Harden, people went into this game yesterday saying, how's his athleticism going to be? What's he going to look like? Da, 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 da. And because of that, he had to be like 
almost extremely explosive the entire game for people to sit the back and go, oh, well, actually, he did look good. So to your point, I think when I watched him yesterday, again, from my 800-foot view in the press box, <laughs> I, I thought he looked great physically. Like, I thought yeah. he got to the basket pretty easily. There were a few times Mikel Bridges had him. You would think Mikel would be the exact person that he would struggle against if he was limited physically. Mikel, by the way, in person, Mikel Bridges, very long arms. Like, he is – you can see why he's – Oh, he's like, like Inspector Gadget. With dude, the, it's uh... insane. It literally reminds me of Durant just in terms – I mean, he's not as big, but just in terms of seeing someone and being like, holy shit, that person has long arms. But – so anyway, Harden, when, when he has Harden on the perimeter, you would think that's something he would struggle with. I thought there were a few times Harden got right by him. And so, yes, he needs to finish better around the rim for sure. But I would have been more concerned if the shots he were getting at the rim – where like, you know, like floaters because he couldn't get all the way up or stuff like that. He got to the rim. He just missed. To your point, there were a few plays I thought that they were just great defensive plays by the Nets. Now, maybe you could say if Harden's able to get up a little higher, they're not able to make those plays. I think that's maybe a, a fair question. But in terms of the three-pointers too, no, he's not going to make seven every game. He's not going to shoot seven for 13 or whatever it was. But let's not act like he didn't shoot a really high percentage all year. He shot like basically 40% on almost his best shooting season basically ever. Exactly. Right. So he's not going to make he's not going to make seven a game. But if the Nets plan or if we're going to look forward, you know, to Boston or whatever, if the plan is like count on James to make a bunch of threes, it's tough for any player to do. But ultimately, James has shown this year he's a great three point shooter. So I leave that game feeling awesome about James and I don't really get any of the hesitation in some ways from people of saying like, man, he didn't look that great. I thought this was almost the best you could have asked for from him. Yeah. I mean, look, it's ultimately kind of nitpicking saying, oh, he didn't finish well at the rim. Getting there and being able to beat their length at the point of attack is very important. Um, Not that I think Dinwiddie is included in their their length or their good defenders (laughs) department, but sending him to the shadow realm with that one crossover was awesome. And yes. I feel like he's missed a ton of those shots after crossing guys over this year. So it and was nice to see him hit one shots to make like, you know, like the, you, you've, you've dropped the guy. Everyone's waiting. I feel like those are deceivingly tough, tougher shots. Yeah. So it's nice to see him get one of those. He also, I want to say he drew two different charges yesterday. So, you mm-hmm. know, Defensive stopper James Harden in the yeah, building. Yeah, he had a good possession against Mikel at the end of maybe the first half or something like now, that. Now, look, he also got killed by Mikel for most of that end of the first that half was the period. Plan. So, that was the plan. Just let him cook. But yeah, like, look, I, I think that should give you some optimism regarding James. I think he was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he's going to be able to score. 30 in a game where they really need him to still kind of up for debate because again, you do have to score inside the arc in order to beat the best defenses. Like they will sell out on you as a shooter and not Mm -hmm. every team is going to be hard selling out on Joel at the elbows and playing like auto doubling him every time. Like I, I, even Brooklyn, I don't think that's going to be the plan for the entire series because I think they'll look at the tape of game one and say, we gave up like 45 open threes and right we can't really afford to do that again so they will need james to be a more dangerous um downhill isolation type guy but i, I think some of it is you trust the process over the results here like i think he showed more than enough to say okay he's feeling pretty healthy coming into the playoffs and like that was to me the the only real concern coming in was, 
if James isn't right, then they don't really have a chance to win. Him looking good enough physically, even if the finishing was not perfect, I think mm-hmm. that's more than enough to say, all right, they're on the right track and he's on the right track. And I like you dropping a nice little trust the process in there. Just in, in never to, goes away, you know?